Welcome to episode 96 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Why, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jinstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, <laughs> if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi, friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous and they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. 
unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 96 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? I am doing great. How about you? doing really well. I got something new that I really, really like. What is it? It is a, it's called Daylight 
And it's one of those like light therapy, full spectrum lights devices. I had a really small one that I was using called Sphere, but this is like a big one. And it makes me feel like I'm in the sun. Oh, well, that's good. I actually did go get in the sun yesterday. It was really pretty. So I sat in the sun. I mean, well, there's just not much sunlight in my apartment. And I think it's really been getting to me. and I didn't realize it. So I bought this one light that is big. So it's really expansive. Like it covers, it really feels like the sun and it tilts. So I can put it like up above me because they say you should have the light coming down like naturally from the sun. So I really like it. Well, good. Going to use it every moment. (laughs) Except when you're sleeping. Or it's nighttime. Right. No, then it's off. <laughs> then yeah. the juve right before bed and then, yep. <laughs> now, I have to say, I've had the juve for about a week now, and I'm using it right before bed, and then I'm sleeping like a rock. Oh, really? Yes. Like, I really think I am. I mean, it feels almost like, how could it be too good to be true? But yeah, I've been sleeping like a rock. It like actually does everything that you want it to. Well, I'm kind of excited. I held off for a long time, but... We got you there. <laughs> yeah, but I'll put a link in the show notes on ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like to, to this daylight thing. It's really, 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 really great. Oh, can I tell you something else really random? Sure. Remember how we were talking about natural flavors and stuff added to ingredients and really not knowing what they are? Right. And we were talking about how I would like call up companies and say, what is a natural ingredient? Right. So... I've been eating this horseradish, this prepared horseradish, and I talked about on the podcast before where I contacted them and asked them what the natural flavor was, and they said it was a natural flavor derived from horseradish. I contacted them again because it's been like a month, and I wanted to see if they would say the same thing. They gave me a completely different answer. (laughs) They said, this time they said it was mustard oil. I was like, that is not the same thing. (laughs) Like... Well, maybe the first person didn't know and was making it up, and then the second person knew, or vice versa. And it's funny. So I answered, and I said, oh, I was like, <laughs> I answered, and I was like, I'm so glad that I emailed again because that's a different answer than last time. But they never answered that email. <laughs> You're probably in their, on their special watch list now. I know. I am. No, I know I am. I'm flagged. I'm like, <laughs> so lesson learned that... These natural flavors that are added to foods, who knows what they are? Yeah, it's true. Anything new with you? Well, not really, No, Just life's rolling along. It's been good weather. So, And I did some Pilates today on a, on a reformer. Have you ever done reformer Pilates? Do you know what that is? Is that, that sounds very religious. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. It does sound religious, doesn't it? You know, Joseph Pilates, who invented the exercise, invented these machines that you do them on. So it's like this machine with pulleys and you sit on it and you do all these different exercises. So I've been doing mat Pilates, but today I went to someone's studio and did reformer Pilates and it was awesome. And it was the person that I went with, it was her first time. And with like two of us were there, we had like a little semi-private class, but I had never done the reformer. I had only done the mat Pilates and I was super excited that I had very good form. So I was proud of myself. So it reforms. Reformer. I, I don't know why it's called that, but yeah, it doesn't sound religious, but no, we were not having religious Pilates. So it's changing your physical form, not your there mental. There you go. Well, and maybe mental too. 
just not religiously. Or maybe it is. Who knows? But all I know is I really, really like Pilates. I'm still liking it. I'm going twice a week. This week, I'm going three times because I added this other one. But anyway, Jen loves Pilates. So Jen loves Juve and Pilates. Well, there you go. And I love horseradish and daylight. (laughs) I also love daylight. Well, we have that in common. Yeah. All right. All right. So to start things off, we have some listener feedback, and this comes from Liz. And the subject is, thank you. And Liz says, hi, Melanie and Jen. First of all, I just finished the last episode and am now caught up. She says, but I am sad that I can no longer binge listen. LOL. I love all of the time and effort you put into the show, and I've recommended it to people who aren't fasters because of the amount of amazing info. Jen, I believe it was the 93rd episode where you touched on how our bodies do not try to sabotage us. Thank you for the validation. Sometimes I feel like a fraud because I listen, read, eat healthy, clean fast, and take several of the supplements that you have recommended, and still I'm not seeing weight shift, though I've been eating like this consistently since November. Anyways, thank you for that reminder. Oh, and one final thing. I had a back flare-up and decided it was time to try cryotherapy. As I was listening to the podcast, Melanie started talking about cryotherapy, and I took it as a sign from the universe that it was definitely time. I went to a Cairo shop later that day, and lo and behold, they had a vibration plate. I was so excited. Then my excitement really escalated when I found they also have a juve. Four panels. Woohoo! I had to share as I knew you two would appreciate it. Thanks again for all of you do, and I look forward to the next episode, which I will be listening to on the Himalaya app. Awesome, Liz. That was like plugs for everything we love. It sounds like we just wrote that email to plug all the stuff that we love. But no, that was a wonderful email, Liz. I think it's nice to hear from listeners who are liking intermittent fasting, seeing success, even if they're you know not immediately experiencing the weight loss. I think there's still just so much benefit and beneficial changes that can happen. And the weight loss will come eventually. I think it comes when it's right and when the body is ready to let go of that weight. Do you have thoughts, Jen? The more and more we read about fasting in general and and what it does in the body, like there was just a new study released this past week that talked about some of the compounds that were found, you know, in the bloodstream as as people were fasting, the metabolic effects of the fasting. And they studied people who were fasting up to, I believe it was 58 hours in this this new study. But they were even like amazed at all the things that that were happening and, and the changes that were occurring. And so fasting is about so much more than just weight loss. And, you know, it's it's easy to say that, you know, you and I are not trying to lose weight at this point. I've lost the weight I needed to lose. I'm maintaining my weight. And I know that a lot of people come to fasting because weight loss is their number one goal. But it really is the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. You know, my husband does it just for the health benefits. And I think we're going to see more and more people promoting it for health and longevity. You know, the weight loss component is is front and center for a lot of people. But, you know, think about all the things that fasting is doing in your body. And you also have to think, you know, why is your body holding on to excess weight? Fasting doesn't address every single thing that could be going on in your body. And once you introduce intermittent fasting, then you can start figuring out, you know, if you're not seeing the weight loss, you can say, all right, well, now it's time for me to troubleshoot more. What could be causing my body to hold on to the weight and not release the weight? And so it really just kind of gets the ball rolling for the processes that, you know, that you're looking for. Does that make sense? Yep. No, exactly. And it actually reminds me as well, 
I was listening yesterday to the recent Joe Rogan interview with David Sinclair. He's like one of the anti-aging guys, the, the longevity guy, is a professor at Harvard, does a lot of research on longevity and anti-aging. <laughs> and one of the first things he talks about was intermittent fasting for longevity, not for weight loss. Like weight loss wasn't even, I don't think he even mentioned weight loss like, at all yeah. related to it. He was just talking about time-restricted eating basically as hands down one of the best ways to support longevity and health. I think that's true. I think it's true. And so if our only goal for intermittent fasting is the weight loss, and if we don't get the weight loss, we're going to quit, you know, we're missing out on so many other things. I mean, we all want to live in a body that we feel good living in. And so when you're overweight, that's front and center all the time. I remember that. I remember what it was like going through life, obese and feeling uncomfortable in my own skin. So I get it. And I know that that's that's why people are, are coming to intermittent fasting. But there's so much more to it. And I will never stop. You know, if I think I've said it before, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. I know I've said it to people, but if I could suddenly start eating all the food I wanted constantly throughout the day and maintain my weight, would I? No, I wouldn't. Because now it's so much more than the weight to me. Yeah. Same here. 100%. Something else I really liked from that interview he does the nighttime. He has an eating window at night. That made me feel even better. I was like, he's a longevity guy and he's doing the nighttime window. And you know, we can know because so many times we hear that you need to be doing a daytime eating window or that eating late at night is not natural with our circadian rhythm. But he said he thinks you just need to have a period at some point each day and not not day like daylight, but each day where you're hungry. <laughs> like you shouldn't be in the fed state all the time. And some people do it, you know, earlier, some later, but he said he likes eating later at night and nighttime munching, he said. So he just starts eating later in the day. I mean, there may be some science I'm not aware of that I have not seen. There may be some studies I haven't seen, but all the discussion I've ever seen about circadian rhythms and when is the, quote, best time for your eating window, it's all very theoretical because they do not have that I saw. I've never seen a study where all things were equal except for time of day. I haven't seen that. They they had, you know, a time of day eating window where they compared it to a group that did something totally different. I mean, obviously, the morning window, people are going to do better than the people that are not doing any fasting at all. But I've never seen a study where morning eating window was directly compared to eating window with all other things being exactly the same. So other than that, it, it just feels like a lot of theory. Yeah, and I was I'm still reading Dave Asprey's Game Changers book while I'm listening to the audiobook on Audible. <laughs> he actually brought up a theory because he has a whole chapter on circadian rhythm and basically saying if you're a night person, that's okay. Like that's basically what the chapter is about. It's saying like you don't have to be a morning person. Like that it's like this, it's a social construct that we need to be morning people. He was saying that the idea of being morning people arose with when we became an agricultural based society because that's when we had to start getting up early for like farming and stuff like that because you know a lot of people say that oh like naturally as as human beings we're supposed to be morning birds but he was saying no that it actually arose with agriculture which was very interesting and that it's not necessarily natural 
for everybody, like people will say. So, yeah, I, I think that there's the, the whole idea that everybody has the exact same circadian clock and of what feels right to them is, I mean, there's nothing that we're all exactly the same on. So why would this be the one thing? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, friends. An incredible fasting aid is coffee. Yes, I am all about the coffee. I am a huge fan of its health benefits as well as how it can support your fast and really help with energy and fat burning. And I have a big announcement. The brand of coffee that I have been drinking for an entire decade now, I am no longer drinking. There's some drama, there's some science, and I'm about to tell you how to get a discount on my new favorite coffee. So I've been drinking the coffee formerly known as Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee for literally a decade. I do not drink it now, so this is not a Bulletproof Coffee commercial, but I started drinking it because I so trusted Dave and his obsession in creating mold-free coffee because moldy coffee beans is a huge problem and a lot of people can get health issues, brain fog, and crash after coffee because of the mold content. Contamination. Dave has been talking about this for so long, so I really trusted him and I would drink Bulletproof Coffee, which I absolutely loved and loved that it was mold-free. Then there was some drama. Dave sort of got kicked out of Bulletproof. He might be going back. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Follow him on Instagram if you want to learn more about that. He even talked about it at the recent biohacking conference. But in any case, <laughs> drama aside, he can no longer speak to Bulletproof Coffee as to whether or not it is mold-free. And he ended up making a coffee even better than Bulletproof Coffee, and it is called Danger Coffee, and friends, I love it. It's the first coffee that is not only mold-free, but actually can help you remineralize. Yep, that's right. Danger Coffee contains a patent-pending formula that actually remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes. On top of that, it is super clean. I know people like to see organic labels. Friends, I have learned so much about the certification industry. And honestly, the best of the best is finding people that you trust who do extensive testing and third-party certification. That's what I do with my Avalon X supplements. And that's what Dave does with Danger Coffee. So with Danger Coffee, they use a process that far exceeds government and industry standards. And it is third-party lab tested. So you can rest assured it is free of mold toxins. As for the flavor, Dave selected these hand-picked Farm Direct beans for their quality, their superb flavor, and their elevated performance. I love the taste of it. It's much richer and more nuanced than Bulletproof Coffee. It's honestly one of the best coffees I've ever tasted, and it's so exciting to know that when I'm drinking it, I'm actually helping to remineralize my body. So that's right. If you want your coffee to contain antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, micronutrients, and help optimize your fasting, you want Danger Coffee. And of course, I have a discount for you guys. You can go to melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee and use the coupon code MELANIEAVALON to get 10% off. Again, that is melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee with the coupon code MELANIEAVALON for 10% off. This is my favorite coffee. Like I said, it takes some really good coffee and convincing biohacking health reasons to break me from my 10-year decade bulletproof coffee habit. But sometimes you just got to upgrade. And by the way, this would make epic presents for people. This can just become your go-to present. Not only will people love it, but you'll be helping their health as well. Everybody wins. MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code Danger Coffee. All right. Shall we jump into our questions for today? Yes. The first question is from Isabel, and the subject is consistent versus inconsistent. 
She says, hi there, girls. I have binge listened to your informative and entertaining podcast for the last three weeks. I am Australian, and I am so invigorated by how influential and helpful podcasts can be. I am a primary school teacher, and my half-hour commute to work involves your podcast. I genuinely want to thank you for helping my mindset adjust from three years on the 5-2 diet to a 21-hour fast with an eating window or one meal a day. My question is, how important do you believe consistency is in terms of seven days a week with fasting? Do you think consistency has a much better effect upon weight loss and health? I have started a regime where I have a 21-hour fast on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then do 16-8 on the other days. This seems to work well for me. However, I sometimes question how long I can commit to this. I surprisingly have also found that I am not always ready to eat on the 16-8 days and figure that whilst I am in a good fasted state, I may as well continue. The downside is I no longer go to the staff room at break times, so I am possibly missing some connections. However, I am genuinely amazed at my increased energy level at work and also my optimism and clarity. I have felt a very positive vibe when in the fasted state, and this has surprised me. However, I cannot emphasize enough how your sharing of questions has helped my psyche. It is not always easy saying no to my husband when he asks, Do you want me to make you a sandwich? He makes the most delicious salmon, avocado, lettuce, and pickle sandwiches, whole grain bread, etc. for my family's luncheon. Sometimes it feels difficult, but your podcast has assisted so much because so many of my concerns have been addressed, and I am able to feel comfort in such things as not worrying about the scales, critical people questioning the extremity of fasting, etc. Keep up the great work, girls. I really appreciate your sharing and help to pursue this lifestyle. I hope my email isn't too lengthy and confusing. Much love from Australia, Isabel. All right, Isabel. Well, thank you so much for your question. And this kind of goes well with what we were just talking about with intermittent fasting for health and all of the benefits and things like that, because she said that she's seeing a lot of benefits beyond just the weight loss. Like she really genuinely likes the way she feels. She wants to know what's the best for optimizing energy and everything with the consistency versus the non-consistency. And I do think that I don't know. I think we we get into this idea that we need to be doing the same thing every day to be perfect. I mean, I know for me personally, I feel like I need to be finding the perfect way of doing something and doing it that way when maybe lots of things can work and everything can be beneficial and there doesn't have to be one thing. That sounded really vague, but basically, Isabel, I think it's completely fine if you you know, flip it up. I think it could be even better in a way because you're going to get the benefits from different windows, different times. And I really like what you said about how some days you feel like, you know, you're not hungry, you feel good in the fasted state, so you might as well just continue. And I think that's really fine too. It's really intuitive. I don't think there are like study, I mean, I haven't seen any studies per se that have looked at exactly this question of consistency versus inconsistency. I mean, have you seen any specific studies, Jen? Yeah, alternate day fasting. That's the first thing that I thought of, but that's not really... No, I don't think there's anything specific like like that with, with different time-restricted eating window approaches scattered throughout. No, but really, it's it's fine to, to switch it up, just like you said, Melanie. If it's working, that's the only thing. You have to figure out what are my goals, what am I trying to accomplish? Is this getting me to that goal? You know, if the answer is yes, then keep doing that. 
Yeah. And I mean, so she says the the downside is she doesn't go to the staff room at break. So maybe she's missing, you know, the social aspect or making connections. Well, I always would sit with my friends when I, 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 the the last year that I taught, I had a weird lunchtime, maybe the last two years. And so my lunchtime was not the same as the people that I wanted to hang out with at, at lunchtime. So I just, you know, went in my room and secretly did Facebook support groups during lunchtime instead. But the years that my lunchtime, even when I was doing intermittent fasting, when it coordinated with people that I like to to hang out with during the day, I would go sit in there and hang out with them. And I loved it. It was like my favorite time of the day. I didn't care that they were eating. I enjoyed hanging out with them, visiting. Yeah. So I think, I think that would be something. It, it kind of goes with what you just said, Jen, about what are your goals? What do you want with everything? And, you know, creating the lifestyle that supports that. And so I think something like with the the social aspect, finding a way that you can have all of the benefits and maintain it would be the way to go. So like what Jen just suggested. And there are, you know, there are two things you have to get out of your mind. One is worrying about what everyone else is thinking about you, the fact that you're not eating. You have to get rid of that because, you know, intermittent fasting is everywhere. It's not something that's brand new. People are talking about it. So people have heard of it now. So don't worry about how people are judging you. And second of all, don't worry that, you know, people are, are self-conscious because they're eating and you're not. I mean, there there have always been situations where other people are doing something and you're not doing. We don't have to do everything they're all doing around us. So be with those people. Be with them confidently. Visit with them. If you don't want to be around them, you know, there's some people that are, especially if you're new, it might be hard for you to be around people that are eating and you're not eating. Well, in that case, you know, stay busy, find something to do. But over time, you know, you get to the point where you can be around other people that are eating and it's okay. Yeah. And something else to think about, we can focus so much on, oh, you know, what are people thinking about me when we don't as much think about the other people people. Like people are so concerned with what people think about them that I think we're not thinking about the other people quite as much. Does that make sense? Like there's no reason to stress about what other people are. There's no reason to stress anyways about what other people are thinking about you because you know that's not you. You are you and it shouldn't matter what other people think. And at the same time, they're probably not even thinking about you as much. Like they're probably worried about what people are thinking about them, <laughs> but we don't think about that. So the social aspect could definitely be a thing to tackle though, for sure. But we do have one more question from Nikki and it's kind of similar to this question. And her subject is weekday, one meal a day. And she says, hi, Jen and Melanie. I literally just started listening to your podcast yesterday, but I've read all your books respectively and every other book on the subject. I've been doing 16-8 or 18-6 pretty easily for the past few weeks, but without a lot of weight loss. I know that's because I eat too much with a large window, so I'm in the process of transitioning into one meal a day. I'm only a few days in, so I'm always starving. Side note, I only just learned via various episodes that bone broth, collagen protein, and creamer are all no-nos during the fasting period, so maybe when I take those out, I'll feel better. Do you want to insert any comment, Jen? Yes, I, I think that's true, Nikki. You're going to be amazed at how much better you feel once you start doing the clean fast because those things are really just stimulating your appetite. You know, we think that they're helping, but they're really not. So, yeah, I, I think that when you take those out, you'll feel so much better. And when you really can get into that fasted state. Yes, definitely. And so she says, my question concerns whether you have to do one meal a day every single day in order to feel great. 
While one meal a day during the week is pretty easy, you just eat dinner with the family, on the weekends, I like to go out to eat for lunch and dinner with my husband and two young children and don't want to change our family time around my way of eating. That makes it easy to do a 16-8 or 18-6 over the weekend, but difficult to do one meal a day. Is it okay to do one meal a day during the week and 16-8 over the weekend? Will opening up my window during the weekend make doing one meal a day during the week more difficult? I.e., will it mean that I'm always starting from scratch and transitioning? Read, tired and starving? Thanks so much and keep up the good work. So yeah, sort of similar question as far as the different windows, but then also she wants to know if by changing her windows, is it going to make it more difficult, you know, to jump back into the one meal a day pattern? So what are your thoughts, Jen? Nikki, I think that this probably is something worth a try because you're not talking about having weekends, you know, off. You're talking about doing 16-8 or 18-6. So you would have either a six-hour window or an eight-hour window or something in between. And so that's that's not really, you know, a giant difference. I wouldn't take the whole weekend off. You know, yeah, you're probably going to have to that would that would lead to some some transition issues, you know, if you did no fasting at all. It it really just depends on are you refilling your glycogen stores sufficiently so that your body has to burn through them, you know, again every Monday to the point that you're not getting into the fasted state. You know, when I've gone on vacation for several days, it can take a few days to get back into that fasted state when I get back home. So, but, but it takes me, you know, a few days of that. So you'll just have to see. If it turns out that every Monday is horrible and you feel terrible, then maybe you do want to only have one day of the weekend where your window is eight hours. But you'll just have to experiment and see. It really just depends. It depends on what you're eating and how much you're eating and that sort of thing. We can't tell you that it's going to be fabulous, and we also can't tell you it's not going to work because you just have to experiment and see. It does sound like a very solid plan, though. One meal a day during the week, 16-8 to 18-6, somewhere in there during the weekend. Try it and see, and if it doesn't, tweak it. Perfect, perfect. So our next question is from Denise, and the subject is charcoal capsules. Denise says, hi, girls. For heavy metal detox, I am currently taking charcoal capsules in the fasted state because I don't want for them to bind on my nutrients from the food I eat. Do these break my fast? I love your podcast. All right, charcoal capsules. So thank you, Denise, for your question. I don't think we've had this question before, have we, Jen? We've talked about charcoal. I think we've talked about charcoal like you were drinking it in water for a while. Yeah, and we've talked about it, but I don't know if anybody has specifically asked if it breaks the fast. But yeah, I'm becoming more and more interested and realizing the importance of having binders and things like charcoal, especially if you're doing like a detox. And she said she's doing heavy metal detox. So yeah, that's when it can be really important. And so charcoal itself is not going to break the fast. It doesn't, I mean, there's there's no nutrients in it. It, it does. It binds to, it binds to things. So it binds to heavy metals, it binds to toxins, but like Denise pointed out, it can also bind to nutrients. That's why it's recommended to take it in the fasted state. So it's not absorbing nutrients from your food. Something else you can do is you can take it like an hour after you eat or so. So it would still be in your quote window and doing its job and absorbing any, you know, endotoxin release from your food breakdown or any toxins from your food without absorbing the nutrients per se. But no, I think, Denise, you are safe to take charcoal during the fast. Your thoughts, Jen? 
whenever we're thinking about having something in the, in the fasted state, we have to think, do the benefits outweigh any possible drawbacks? And if you've got a very specific protocol that you're trying to do, your number one goal is your heavy metal detox. So that's what you want to focus on. I'm assuming you won't be doing that forever. So you know, this is just something you're doing for now. And then you'll probably stop taking the charcoal. And that benefit, you know, would definitely outweigh the risk. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, a fast breaker. But, I mean, I pro- probably would not start taking it just out of the blue just to take it. But you've got a reason for taking it. So, Although some people do take it for life, like as they am, just as a way to attach to toxins and binders. I try to avoid taking a lot of things during the fast just because I don't want to have to ask myself, should I take this, should I take that? It's easy just to take nothing during the fast, then I don't even have to ask myself if it breaks the fast because I'm not even taking it. This is true. (laughs) Taking nothing does not break the fast. I will put a link in the show notes to some of the charcoal that I like specifically. And I do find, especially in our toxic world, and especially for people who maybe their detox pathways are less than epic just from environmental toxins or genetics or whatever it may be, that some people really do benefit from things like charcoal or I recently started taking one called GI detox and it has like activated charcoal in it. It also has some other binders, like very small amounts of like a, um, a clay and some, I think zeolites. Yeah. What I really love supplement wise, this is a tangent. If I can find supplements that are like completely sublingual and absorbed through the, the membrane and like not flavored, those are my favorite. Cause I don't even have to worry about digestion or I, I have, for example, a um, a zeolite detox spray. That's why I'm thinking of it. That I feel completely fine taking during the fast. Or I recently got, for example, a a silver supplement, but it's also with nanoparticles and it's sublingual. You just spray it in your mouth and there's no other ingredients. So that I also love as well. Just completely avoid the whole digestion aspect. And it's not flavored. Yeah. In case anybody's wondering about sublingual medications, you know, that's just like, think about the nicotine patch that everyone's heard of. You know, you put that on your skin, it goes in through your skin. So it's not even going through like your digestive system. So the the medications that you put under your tongue, you know, let them just soak in kind of that way through the, the vein that's down there. That's what we're talking about. Well, you could spray them, spray them under your tongue. If it, sub, Sublingual is technically supposed to be under the tongue. Yeah. So So these are oral sprays then. Similar concept. Sometimes I spray them under my tongue because I know that that's where the absorption is really good. So I make them into a sublingual spray. Of course, if you get a spray or a supplement or a sublingual tablet that has, you know, binders or fillers or flavors, that would be most likely breaking the fast. That's why I'm saying these sprays with nothing added. But all right. Now we have a question from Barbie. The subject is hunger, and Barbie says, Hello, Jen and Melanie. I've been intermittent fasting for just over four months now, and I'm steadily losing weight with a 24 window. I'm averaging about five pounds a month, which is great for me. I love how the two of you encourage us to be intuitive eaters, to listen to our body's signals, and be more in tune with them. I guess I've been so out of tune with my body for so many years that I'm struggling with this concept. My question for you is how do I tell the difference between just being hungry during my fast and pushing through to my eating window and knowing when my body is telling that I should eat more. When I'm hungry, I eat in my window, but you have mentioned on the podcast that you have broken your fast early because your body was telling you you should eat. How do you tell the difference between the hunger that comes with fasting 
and the hunger that is a signal that you should eat. I may be overthinking this. Right now, if I'm hungry and it's not in my window, I just push through and it's time to eat. If it's my fasting time, I don't eat even when I feel hungry. Your words of wisdom on this would be most appreciated. And if I'm being a knucklehead and overthinking this, just let me know. Barbie. No, Barbie, you are not being a knucklehead because you're right. We've gotten so out of touch with how we feel. And really, when you're just starting off with intermittent fasting, I know you said you've been doing it for just over four months. That really is still early days because your body is still not used to it like it will be in a year, two years, three years. At that point, you will start knowing. You just know. During a regular day, I'll have a little stomach rumble and then... It goes away and I'm fine. But like, let me use an example from this past week. A a week ago, I was recovering from the flu and I really couldn't eat. I felt awful. So I, I had a couple days where I ate very, very, very little food. And then the next day, I ate just a normal one meal. I still wasn't feeling very well, but man, it felt good to eat that food. That that made me feel so much better. And then day four, I was a different kind of hungry. I could just feel it. It was like a feeling like almost like behind my eyes, like I've got to eat some food now. I need to eat a lot of food and I need to eat early in the day. So I opened my window early in the day and I ate a big meal and then I snacked and then I had another big meal and then I felt so much better. And so over time, you'll start figuring that out. It's just, it's a different kind of feeling. But think about that. If you've ever been sick and not eaten a lot, and then now your appetite is back and you just feel like, I have to eat, I have to eat, that's just a different kind of hunger. So, Barbie, you're probably right to do what you're doing right now and just to kind of push through the mild hunger that you're experiencing during the fast and waiting for your eating window to open. But if it ever feels different, then recognize that and give yourself permission to eat more that day. Maybe maybe you don't need to eat more. Maybe your your body is fine and it's happy and you're adjusting to your appetite within your window and eating more some days in your window and less some days in your window and your body's just happily rolling along feeling great. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. If you if you feel really different though, you'll know. Yeah. I like everything you said. And I think I think it's also different, like you said, it's really important how long you've been doing it because it is harder to tell in the beginning when you first start intermittent fasting because you have to you have to recondition yourself to experience this feeling of hunger. And only with more and more experience and more and more fasting can you kind of start to tell the difference between cravings versus hunger because there's definitely a difference there. And I think also how much weight you have to lose is also something to keep in mind because somebody who has a lot of weight to lose, I mean, they clearly have excess energy stored on their body that can be used if they just get into the right hormonal you know, or fasting state, fat burning state to use it. And it's a matter of, you know, making, getting the body to a place where it can do that. But if you know that there is most literally fat there to be used, that's almost more of a a reassurance in a way. And of course we're not doctors, so I will say that. But um, I do think it's, quote, safer in a way if you're overweight to push through the hunger then if you are a normal weight, you know, or underweight, then that would be a different situation. And then also there's so many aspects to hunger. I mean, hormones and even like gut dysbiosis or, you know, there are other things, 
potentially in us that could be craving, you know, if you're having like, you know, a yeast type infection or candida, like I said, gut dysbiosis, there could be other things craving foods and it might not necessarily be you. That sounds kind of crazy, but so much of our body is, you know, our gut microbiome and it's not even us. It's other things that are determining our cravings and determining our, you know, our our feelings around hunger and food. So I mean, it can be really complicated and difficult, but I think Barbie, like Jen said, you know, the longer you go, you'll become more intuitive. It's not a silly question. It's definitely something that you'll become more familiar with. And I think what you're doing sounds great. I mean, it's good that she's able right now to, she says, you know, she experiences the hunger, but she's, she seems okay with, you know, pushing through it. I think that's what a lot of people experience as well, is if they just push through that hunger for a moment, that it typically subsides. It's like the quote, I think I've said this before, but I read one time, it's like, I think this is in the yoga of eating, actually. It might've been in that book or it was in some book. It said that cravings, the more you resist them, they grow weaker, but hunger, the more you resist it grows stronger. So like if it's just a craving, if you ignore it, it'll eventually go away and it shouldn't grow stronger. Whereas if it's true hunger, then it's going to keep growing stronger the more you ignore it. Pretty sure that was the yoga of eating, which speaking of, I do have a Facebook group <laughs> for that book. And also that's available on Audible and I've narrated the audiobook for it, but it's by Charles Eisenstein. So I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Hi friends. Now, if you're anything like me, you love biohacking, intermittent fasting and getting feedback and data on what our bodies are doing. Now, when we do intermittent fasting or extended or prolonged fasting, it's hard to get feedback sometimes on how our bodies are doing in terms of fat burning and ketosis. This is one of the reasons that I created the Tone Device, which is a breath ketone analyzer. It can tell you the rate of fat burning your body is in by detecting the ketones on your breath. If you practice intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating, do an occasional 24-hour fast like once a week, or prolonged or extended fasting, it's likely your body is getting into light ketosis. If you are doing keto or low-carb, even sometimes paleo, you may be getting into a deeper state of fat burning and ketosis. If you do a high-carb diet, then you probably get into a light state of ketosis after some fasting. What I love about the tone is that you can simply breathe into it for about four to five seconds and it will give you instant feedback on the rate of fat burning that your body is at. Now, when we are in ketosis, our bodies are at their highest rate of fat burning, which is what is so neat. We actually breathe out our fat. So the carbons that we are measuring with the tone device are actually coming from our fat. When we practice different approaches like intermittent fasting or doing time-restricted eating, lower-carb diets or keto approaches, our bodies actually make a metabolic switch where fat becomes our primary fuel. And the body takes fat and converts it into ketones in the liver. About 15 to 20% of those circulating ketones are then diffused through our lungs, out in our breath. And it is so amazing. I absolutely love using the tone every single day. I love the biofeedback, especially when I am doing any kind of fasting. And I can see my body gradually get into a deeper and deeper state of fat burning through those ketone levels going higher and higher. Now, one of the reasons I created the tone is because testing blood ketones 
is cost prohibitive. The test strips are extremely expensive. They are wasteful. You no longer have to buy test strips anymore. You can just breathe into the tone device for four to five seconds and get that instant feedback. It's a one-time investment and you'll be able to test an unlimited amount of times. Now, I always recommend testing with the tone device fasted first thing in the morning and testing up until you have your first meal of the day and you will be able to see differences there, especially if you do a longer fast, you'll see the ketones go higher and higher and it really is so great to get that biofeedback. Now, for the past year and a half, I've been working on a brand new version of the tone, the second generation tone device, and I am so excited for it to soon be available to you all. I wanted to create a special launch discount for the tone device so that any of you who are interested can take advantage of that discount. I've never discounted the tone device before, but if you are signed up to the exclusive VIP list, you will receive that launch discount. To sign up for the list, you can go to tonedevice.com and enter your name and email address and you will receive an email which you can confirm to double opt-in and you'll be the first to know when the new second generation tone device is available to order and you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. I am so excited for you all to try it so be sure to go and sign up at tonedevice.com. All right now back to our show. Now we have a question from Adele and the subject is confused and Adele says, hi ladies, thank you so much for all you do addicted to the podcast. So straight to the point, I am so confused. I started IF in April, 2018. I didn't have much weight to lose. I'm 5'5 and was 133 pounds. I lost eight pounds right out of the gate. I had a six pack and toned arms, no visible body fat. It was amazing. I was eating everything I wanted in my window within reason. I prefer to eat clean most of the time. I maintained this body until August 2018, so five months. Then I got my marina removed, a hormonal IUD. So I was hormone-free and kerplunk. Eight pounds came back on within two weeks. No more six-pack, body fat in places I never had before, i.e. on my butt and hips and back of my arms. I lost about two pounds of the eight I gained back, but my body won't budge or go back to when I first started IF. What happened? I've been eating even more clean and the window has stayed the same consistently at 24. It's been almost five months in this body I never had before. Yikes. Yeah, Adele. What are you going to say to Adele who's confused? Well, Adele, I think this just shows how very, very powerful hormonal forces are within our bodies, you know? That was like the exact sentence I was just about to say. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's true, you know, when you've got something going on in your body hormonally, I mean, you see what happened. You were feeling slim, you had the abs, you had the, the toned arms, and then immediately, as soon as you had this hormonal IUD removed, boom, within two weeks, you didn't have a six-pack, you had different body fat, things were different with your body. That just shows the power of your hormones. I wonder how old you are. I don't know. It doesn't say. 
what you described, the way that your body changed, the softening of your body sounds a lot like the way women's bodies tend to respond to perimenopause or, or those are the types of changes we see during menopause. So, of course, you could be a whole lot younger than that. Maybe you're, I don't know. I'm just guessing. If you're not old enough to be going through perimenopause or menopause, then it does sound like the hormones have made a difference. I would talk to your OB, GYN, about you know, finding something else perhaps, you know, a different birth control type protocol. What do you think, Melanie? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Like I said, my the first thing I was going to say was this is a perfect example of how much hormones control so many things. And it's really telling because we think that we can be in control and that everything that's happening in our body is a result of what we are or are not eating or when we are or are not eating when it's clearly not just that, just like it's not just calories in or calories out. You know, we like to think it's these one things when it's, there's so much more going on that is at a very much a a deeper level. On top of that, and I know I do this too, and and this is what I'm really reading from this question is clearly there's a hormonal aspect which can perfectly explain your struggles with your weight. I mean, you, you, you did a huge hormonal change in your body by going off of the the marina, that was a big change in your hormones. As a consequence, most likely from that, you know, it, it changed how you're experiencing weight in your body, but you're still confused and you're still thinking that, I don't know, it sounds to me, and this could be me, this is just what I'm reading from like what I'm sensing from you that you some, somehow feel like it's still something you did because you're trying to address it. You know, you say you're, you're still doing the same window, you're eating even cleaner. So it's like, how can I change this based on, you know, what I'm doing when I think it's really important to understand that, I mean, there's a, there's a reason, like there's a hormonal reason behind it. So it's, I, I guess I'm emphasizing that to say, you know, it's not like you change something with your food necessarily or your eating window. You know, there's a reason. And you can take comfort in that because you can know that it's natural and it's okay. And you can you can take it as, as data, like as information. And like, what can you learn from that rather than attaching drama to it? You know, because I think what happens is we experience changes in our body that completely make sense because there are natural responses to changes. And rather than just seeing it as, okay, this is data, this is information. How can I respond to this? How can I deal with this? We attach a lot of drama. We, we, we see it as like, it's fault. What's it I do? How can I change this? And that can feel really hopeless. So I encourage you to be okay with the change and know that there's completely a reason for it a very good reason with the hormones and everything. And so you can work from there. And so how can you work to address your hormonal changes? How can you address that, you know, with fasting, with diet, and how can you support it and support your body and lead it to a place where it is once again, quote, hormonally happy because there's been a disruption in the system. So it could be like a a temporary thing where it's kind of, you know, adjusting to this shock and the change in hormones, could be a little bit longer, but you can definitely, just like it happened so fast and it changed so abruptly, that's just an example of how much it can change. (laughs) So, you know, you can get back to a wonderful place that you feel really happy about. And I would just encourage you to see this as information, as data, and what can you learn from it? And how can you, 
you know, address it. And we do have some very exciting guests upcoming where we're going to be tackling a lot of these issues. That was one reason I actually wanted to have this question here as kind of like a teaser, because we do actually have two wonderful guests coming up in the future, and we're going to tackle things like this in great detail. So Adele, stay tuned. We'll have more episodes on the subject. Yeah, really. It just, I just, it just goes back to, again, what I said and what, what you've said. When your hormones are out of balance, it, it just feels like, like you're out of control because you're, you are. You know, you're not, you can't physically control what your body is doing at that deep of a level. So it's, it's really like playing detective and, and just trying to figure out what's going on. But it's not your fault. And, but it feels like, see, we've got all these feelings around our weight and morality. And like if we just try really hard, you know, we won't have to struggle. But really, it's, it's happening at such a deeper level. You, you can't try your hormones into balance, right? You can't just will it. Exactly. And that's why I was talking so much about it. Like, because even her subject line is she's confused. Like, she doesn't understand why it's happening when, I mean, it makes perfect sense why it's happening, you know, but we, but we attach so much meaning and morality, like you said. Well, because it panics us too. You know, she had gotten to her perfect body and she felt amazing. And now all of a sudden it's reversed itself. And so it's just like panicked, like, help, why can't I fix this? You know, because we have been fed the mistaken lie through every diet plan on every magazine that we see at the checkout counter that if you just do XYZ, you'll drop 30 sizes and. You know, there was one that said you would lose 100 pounds by spring or some craziness. So we think if we just try hard enough that it'll all just magically, you know, it's just we have to try harder. And and that's not really what's happening. Yeah, some of these some of these um, tabloid weight loss magazines are just crazy. I don't know. This question like really hits home, too, because I feel like I'm doing the exact same thing, Adele, right now. It's not hormones, but for example, I always feel like I'm... Pr- trying to like control my digestion and everything through my eating choices and things like that. So like not my weight per se, but my digestion. And so my like holistically minded doctor recently put me on a supplement that is very specifically targeting gut dysbiosis and antiviral antiparasites and things like that. And it comes with, you know, all these side effects that are all like, you know, GI, like on the list, it's like, you know, GI distress, you know, all these things. I started taking it. I started experiencing all that. And I mean, obviously, that's the reason that I would experience changes in GI issues after taking it. And yet I had the exact same reaction that Adele does. I'm I'm like confused. I'm like, what's happening? What did I do? How can I fix it? How can I eat differently? When clearly there's like a very specific reason, (laughs) just like with Adele and the hormones. So I think we all do it just as far as like attaching meaning and morality and panic and everything when... Really, we should hopefully just see a bigger picture, be in the moment. Mindfulness. It's easy to say, but hard when, when you're the one who's just, you know, popped on those eight extra pounds and now your pants are tight. So that's why I'm saying this because like I struggle with this so much and I'm just trying to like tell even myself more and more to, you know, stay in the moment and look at the broader picture. But we, we you know, we tend to just think that intermittent fasting can fix every problem. But some problems are not related to intermittent fasting. And if they're not, then intermittent fasting can't fix them. 
Yeah, not necessarily. So, yep, it's crazy. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. Like I said, we do have some really wonderful guests coming up that I'm really excited about. (laughs) So stay tuned for those. A few other things for listeners. If you'd like to listen to our show, you can listen to us now. We are a Himalaya-partnered show. And officially, this will actually be the first episode. Yeah, this will be the first episode that if you have the Himalaya app, you actually might be listening to this 24 hours in advance right now. (laughs) The Himalaya app is completely free. It's wonderful. It's an an app that you can use to subscribe to all of your favorite podcasts, create playlists, leave comments. I'm obsessed with it. I use this app every single day. It's amazing. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. You can use it on iPhone and Android, which is really wonderful because we get a lot of questions from Android users who are looking for ways to access the podcast. So definitely get that app. Definitely follow our show, and then we'll pop up in your main feed, and you'll always see updates from us. You'll get to listen to us 24 hours in advance. You can also listen to us on our website, ifpodcast.com, as well as iTunes, all the other places. For show notes for this episode, go to ifpodcast.com slash episode 96. I'll put links to studies and all the stuff that we like and anything else that we talked about. And definitely I'll put links to our supporters as well. Um, so discounts on Bioptimizers, Bonafide, and that new Australia Spare Moonty Fish. Download that coupon. Go to Whole Foods. <laughs> oh, and Whole Foods has Bonafide as well. So they could get they could get everything at Whole Foods. Unless you live in Augusta, because we have no Whole Foods. Uh, wait, what? Wait, we talked about this. Yeah, it closed. Our Whole Foods closed. Right. You were the first Whole Foods that like ever closed, right? Yeah. Did you like cry? I was so sad. Yeah. So sad. Are they going to bring it back? No. How can they not have Whole Foods? They're opening, by me, they're like three Whole Foods and they're opening a new one. Augusta can't have nice things. We have zero. You and Taylor Swift would be friends. Have you heard her song, This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things? Yeah, I haven't heard that song, but yeah, that's just why Augusta can't have nice things. So many things are, are, yeah, there you go. All right. Well, anything from you, Jen, before we go? Oh, I will say you can also follow our Instagram at Podcast and our Twitter, the Pod. Yep, that was it. Looking forward to another fabulous week until I talk to you next time. Yes. Oh, and for listeners, if they want to submit questions for our 100th episode, that is going to be an Ask Us Anything episode to clarify We will not be answering questions about intermittent fasting. Probably not. Right. Ask us questions about about things that are not intermittent fasting. We've received quite a few questions for the 100th episode, Ask Us Anything, that are about, they're just normal questions that we always answer. These are questions that would go beyond what we typically talk about. Yeah. Questions about us. Right. <laughs> I mean, you could make it maybe about intermittent fasting if you want to be like, do you have, you know, a regret about intermittent fasting? You know, something that we haven't really like talked about or wouldn't talk about. And not that we wouldn't talk about that, but you know, it could be like a fun little twist, but yes. Yes. All right. Well, I will talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you then. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, the opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.